the Martin Bailey Photography Podcast. It's July 18, 2016, and this is episode 532. This week, I'm going to answer a question from listener Doug Shoemaker about photographic print viewing distances and I'll explain about minimum print resolution theory and my own standards that I use when printing. Thanks for your question, Doug. I can give you some pointers based on my own experience, which I hope will help you. Doug asks, Would you at some point comment on the relationship between the size of a print and its complexity? I was disappointed last year when I printed my top 10 photos and most were not impactful on the wall. A relatively simple color block style composition looked pretty good at 12 by 12 inches, but a photo of a wooded glade looked positively boring at 11 by 16 inches. Then I heard Joe Brady in a Twip Your Itinerary podcast, and he mentioned that detailed landscapes needed to be printed really big in order to look good. As printing is a real investment, can you offer any rules of thumb as to the best size to print a given photo? Okay, so let's consider the various aspects at play when we think about how large an image needs to be printed for optimal impact. Without doubt, an image that contains a lot of detail has to be printed large enough to view that detail at a reasonable size from any given distance. Doug went on to mention that the images which were printed at 12 by 12 inches and 11 by 16 inches could not be viewed at closer than around 1.25 meters, which is about 49 inches, because of furniture. For a relatively abstract image with simple shapes and texture, we don't necessarily need to see into every detail because there really is none to appreciate. For an image containing fine details though, there are some calculations that we can do to find out the optimal viewing distance. The viewing distance of a print is somewhat subjective. Common theory dictates that the optimal viewing distance for a print is between 1.5 and 2 times the diagonal length of the print. For example, the largest print of my work that I own is a 32 by 48 inch gallery wrap of the photo that I'm showing on the blog and in the Enhanced Podcast right now. If you can't see the images in the Enhanced Podcast, go to the blog at mbp.ac slash 532 and click on the images as well with your browser open nice and wide so that you can see the details. The diagonal length of the print that we're looking at now is just over 57 inches. If we use this method to calculate the optimal viewing distance, we get a distance of between 85.5 and 114 inches. I chose this print to go on a large wall in our living slash dining room. When I'm sitting at our dining table, I'm about 100 inches from the print right between the 1.5 and the 2 times multiplier. At this distance I can appreciate the print, but when I stand at the distance that I feel I naturally want to view the print from, I actually stand at about 57 inches. 
the same distance as the diagonal length of the print. This enables me to appreciate the entire image and also appreciate the details. Before sending this image to the printing company, I enlarged it using On1's perfect resize so that I had a resolution of 300 ppi at the print size of 32 by 48 inches. Of course, I'm increasing the resolution from an image of much lower resolution, but the result is an image that you can also view very closely and appreciate the details, as well as from a distance to appreciate the image as a whole. We'll look at this enlargement process briefly a little later. If we consider the print sizes that Doug quoted in his question, we can calculate the minimum viewing distances for these as well. A 12 by 12 inch print has a diagonal length of 17 inches. If we use my personal preferred viewing distance, this means that the viewer would need to be able to view the images at a distance of 17 inches to be able to appreciate it. Even if we go with the 1.5 times diagonal length, we need a distance of 25.5 inches, but that for me is too far. Doug tells us that his viewing distance was around 1.25 meters, which is 49 inches, and that is obviously much too far away to view an image of this size. The diagonal length of the 11 by 16 inch print is 19.5 inches, which would give a viewing distance of just over 29 inches at the 1.5 times multiplier, or the same 19.5 inches at my preferred viewing distance. Both still are much shorter than Doug's viewing distance. So the answer really is that the prints needed to be much bigger to really appreciate at the viewing distance. Of course, if we decide on our viewing distance first, we can use this to calculate the print size that we need for any given image. For my preferred viewing distance using the diagonal length of, as the viewing distance, at 49 inches, you'd need a print of around 28 by 42 inches using the standard 3 by 2 aspect ratio for the sizes. If we use the 1.5 times the diagonal length, it needs to be around 32 inches, so the print would need to be around 18 to 24 inches, which is a standard frame size. Of course, in Doug's case, he was printing many images and hanging them as a set. I've not done this myself, but I do have a little bit of general advice. Firstly, if you are creating a collage of prints, by all means, to save space, you can make the less detailed images smaller because they don't need to be printed large to appreciate. Also, maybe consider canvas gallery wraps as these look beautiful without a frame and the frame around multiple images in a collage can add a lot of space. This breaks down, of course, when you have frames that you want to use for the collage but if that's the case, you'll need more wall space if you really want to be able to appreciate more detailed images fully. Doug continued to ask about the size of the matte border in his question. 
I have a spreadsheet available for download that explains how I calculate my border sizes. You can find this at mbp.ac borders. Basically, I use 10% of the length of the short edge of my image as the border. So using the dimensions in my example image, which is based on an, a sheet of A4 paper, the short edge is 210 millimeters. So the border size will be a minimum of 21 millimeters, even on the sides. I offset this using 7% of 21 millimeters for the top border and 13% of 21 millimeters on the bottom border as this gives me space to sign the photograph below the print, printed area. But also, if an image is printed smack in the middle of a sheet, it can appear a little bit bottom heavy. Raising the image slightly feels more aesthetically pleasing. Doug also asked about wall colour and the colour of his lighting. I think the main thing to keep in mind is that most galleries have white walls. So this is probably a good place to start if you're really serious about creating gallery space in your home. I have seen galleries with dark walls too, but if I recall, it was a very neutral dark colour. This is probably key for being able to view the images as neutrally as possible. As we know though, there are no rules in art, so there is always scope for finding even bright, vibrant colours that match your art collection, although you would really need to know what art you're going to hang before selecting your colour. As for lighting, I personally just have daylight balanced LED lighting in my rooms, and I think this provides a nice neutral light without splashing out on gallery lighting. If you're going to move away from daylight balance lighting, you might consider creating an ICC profile for your printer and media combination using a reading of the color balance of your lighting to ensure that the images are viewed as close to the original color as possible. Personally, I never adjust the color balance of my ICC profiles because I have no control over where most of my images are hung and viewed. I might consider this for a very important gallery exhibition, but for my 2010 solo exhibition in Aoyama here in Tokyo, I didn't do this and I didn't feel it necessary. The images looked perfect under the gallery lighting. Also, bear in mind that most gallery lighting has a colour temperature of 3000 Kelvin, so it's slightly on the warm side. My LED lighting measures at around 4750 Kelvin, so it's a little cooler. But I find that to be fine for both light to live by, as well as viewing images on the wall. For me, of course, another limiting factor is that I live in a rented apartment, so I can't add any dedicated lighting. If I owned my own home and had the space to create a dedicated gallery area, I would probably invest in lighting from a company called ETC. They seem to be doing some really nice gallery lights. Okay, so as you start to create larger prints, we do need to keep the available resolution in our images in mind. 
Before I go on, I'd like to point out that I'll explain some of this theory, but this is one of those subjects that I have decided that I really just don't care to follow the so-called rules. There are areas of photography theory that some people spend countless hours discussing, worrying and arguing about, but I personally don't have the interest, time or inclination to concern myself about these discussions. If I can simplify my thinking on certain areas, I do, and my work doesn't suffer for this. In fact, I might even benefit from it because I generally set my standards higher than the results of the stressful calculations. Let me explain. There's a calculation that is commonly quoted to give the minimum print resolution for an image based on the viewing distance. Basically, the minimum PPI or pixels per inch is 3,438 divided by the viewing distance. If we use my earlier large print size and the popular viewing distance of 1.5 times the diagonal length of the image, our calculation is 3,438 divided by 85.5 inches. And we get to the 85.5 inches because it's 57 inches diagonal length times 1.5. And that gives us 40 ppi, so just 40 pixels per inch. Now, although the image would be recognisable at 40 pixels per inch when viewed from 85.5 inches, it would be noticeably soft. And if you walk closer to the image to view the detail, there would not be any detail to view. Of course, photographers tend to be more critical of image sharpness than regular viewers, but at such resolutions, we really can't appreciate the image at all. The problem with using a calculation such as this is that you have no control over how close a person will view your image. Of course, if you're printing an image for a billboard which is viewed only by people driving along the highway, you have an idea of how far away they will be, and no one expects a billboard to be critically sharp when viewed from only a few feet away, but they always look pretty good from the highway. If you're printing your work to hang on a wall though, people will often try to get close enough to enjoy the detail, as well as looking at the image from a comfortable viewing distance, which for me is approximately the same distance as the diagonal length of the image. Even if we recalculate the minimum print resolution based on my preferred viewing distance, we get a resolution of 60 pixels per inch, and that really doesn't cut it for the critical viewer. So, what standard calculations do I use when printing? I use the same rule of thumb when printing, regardless of the viewing distance. As I prepare to print an image, I check the resolution in Lightroom. You can take a look at the screenshot on the blog and click on the image to view the details of the image a bit larger. But you, as you can see, under the Guides panel, I have Show Guides turned on, and below that, I have Dimensions checked. This shows the print area, size, and the resolution in the top left of the image preview. If you don't see this in Lightroom, uncheck the print resolution checkbox under the print job panel. 
For this particular image shot with my Canon 5D Mark III camera, for a 24 by 36 inch print with borders giving me a print area of 20 by 30 inches, I get a native resolution of 192 ppi. The diagonal length of the actual print area is 36 inches. If we divide 3438 by 36, my personal viewing distance preference, we would get a minimum resolution of 96 ppi. So I could print this as it is and be well within the guideline. In my own printing though, my rule of thumb is that if the native resolution of the image, as seen in Lightroom, drops below 200 ppi, I start to consider upsizing or enlarging the image in On One Software's Perfect Resize to give me 300 ppi at the print size. I have printed 5D Mark III images out at this size with the native resolution and they look okay but are very slightly soft and lacking in fine detail. If the resolution drops below 150 ppi, I definitely upsize my images before printing. If you don't use Lightroom or just need a quick way to calculate the native resolution for a print, it's pretty easy to calculate. For example, for the print area in our example, which is approximately 20 by 30 images, you simply divide the width of your image in pixels by the number of inches you'll be printing at. My image is 5760 pixels wide, which divided by 30 gives us 192. The pixels per inch that we saw in Lightroom earlier. If you feel that you need to enlarge your image for print, say for example in my case if the native resolution drops below 200 ppi, On One Perfect Resize is a good choice for this. Perfect Resize used to be a standalone product but it's now a module called Resize in the On One Photo 10 suite, available from the On One website. I'm not going to do a tutorial on this today, but here is a screenshot to show you the application and the sort of settings that I select when enlarging an image for printing at just over 20 by 30 inches for a 24 by 36 inch print with borders. As you can see, it's really just a case of entering the dimensions of the print area into the document size panel and ensuring that your resolution is set. I generally print at 600 ppi, which requires an image resolution of 300 ppi. I use the genuine fractals method as the actual enlarging algorithm, as I find this gives the most natural and pleasing results. I also apply a little bit of sharpening here, but not a lot, as I also apply sharpening set to low when sending the print job to the printer from Lightroom and I don't want to over sharpen. Once you've selected your settings, hit the save button and the image will be saved back to Lightroom, if you are round tripping that is. Once you have your image back in Lightroom or Photoshop or whatever program you print with, you can print away now and enjoy very high quality prints that stand up to much closer scrutiny than they would if you were to print them at native resolution of under 200 ppi.
and definitely better than if you were to print using the commonly passed around viewing distance based resolutions. You might consider this overkill and for sure, if you know that your images will be viewed from certain distances, say for example, you're going to be hanging the print behind a sofa, so people physically cannot get any closer than my preferred viewing distance of one times the diagonal length of the print, then you could certainly print away at 150 ppi and the print will still look fine. The main reason that I don't settle for this though is because the majority of my prints leave my control. When I create a print for a customer, I have no way of knowing how far away from the print the viewers will be. I also imagine that some people, when they receive the print, will view the detail at close range. And the last thing that I want is to disappoint a customer. Okay, so to wrap this up, I'd like to once again thank Doug for his question. I'm sorry it took me so long to get back to you with this episode, but I hope you find it useful now that it's here. If you have a question of your own that you'd like to ask, note that there's a voicemail button at the side of all of the blog pages, a link to our voicemail at the top of the sidebar, and there's a recorder embedded in the podcast's audio archive page. You can record up to five minutes so you can relay your message in full, and I'll play your message back in the reply episode when appropriate. Of course, you can send questions in text format via our contact form as well, and that's linked from the top left of all of the pages at martinbaileyphotography.com. I look forward to hearing from you. So thanks very much for listening today. If you enjoy this podcast, please share a link with your friends. And if you don't already, please subscribe in iTunes or your favorite podcast program to ensure an interrupted delivery. If you have a moment to rate the podcast or leave us a review in iTunes as well, that helps to keep us relevant in the huge number of podcasts out there now. You can find me on Google+, Twitter, Instagram and Facebook and links to everything that I'm up to are at martinbaileyphotography.com so do drop by and take a look. I'll be back next week with another episode but in the meantime you take care and have a great week whatever you're doing. Bye bye.